Today, I am sitting down with author Kirsten Mochland to chat about books, writing, and what's on the horizon. Hello, and welcome to Talk Bookish to Me, the podcast where readers gather to talk about books, share recommendations, and chase that five-star feeling. I'm your host, Gwen, and today, like I said, I'm joined by Kirsten Mochland, an Amazon Top 10 best-selling author of psychological thrillers, my favorite, and a member of the International Thriller Writers, Novelists, Inc., and the Alliance of Independent Authors. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm thrilled. I can't wait to talk to you about all the books and all the things. Okay, so I have to say, I'm going to sell myself out a little bit. You reached out to me several years ago and you were like, hey, can I send you this book? And I was like, look, I'm overwhelmed with reviews. I can't do it. And you were like, well, what if I just send it to you? And when you get to it, you get to it. And like I said, I did not have time. So that book sat unread on my bookshelf for several years, embarrassingly enough. <laughs> I read it, I rated it five stars, and I was like, why did I wait to read it? And now I'm just like in this binge where I wanna read all of the things. So then I reached out to you and I was like, so remember me, the girl that you sent a book for free and I just sat on my bookshelf for years. So I'm glad you agreed, <laughs> despite that, <laughs> to come on the podcast with me today. Of course. It was so fun. And, you know, when I sent it to you, I think it was like 2020. So yeah. life was crazy for everybody. Um, and I was just really kind of finding my footing as an author. I've been writing since 2016. Um, but that was kind of when things started to pick up for me. And so I was just trying to get, you know, the word out somehow. And so for anyone that was willing to take a chance, I was like, I don't care if it's five years in the future. If you'll just try this, I will send it to you. So I'm just so grateful you did. Yeah, I mean, I'm grateful that I did for my reading. So but I have to ask, like, what's it like being an independent author? Was it a choice that you made when you started writing? Um, do you have plans to like move on to like traditionally published or like what's the plan there? Yeah. So when I started, I actually didn't even know that independent publishing was a thing. Um, like, of course, I heard of self-publishing um, as kind of like, a oh, you pay people thousands of dollars and they publish your book and you make no money. Um, and I knew that I wanted to be published. And so I went the traditional route. I, I queried agents and publishers. And I actually, my first three books were with a very small publisher. Um, and then through that publisher, I met a ton of indie authors. And they were like, you should try and put out your own. It's so fun. You have all this control. Um, because that's where I really struggled with traditional publishing was I feel like as a writer and as someone who loves this, this genre, I know what I want my stories to be. And it's very hard, you know, for certain people, for control freaks like me, uh, for people to say, no, this character needs a different name or this, they need to be this age and this needs to happen. They need to check all these boxes. Um, and so I self-published, um, indie published is what I say, just because it's, I'm not doing it all myself. I have a whole team. So right. I like yeah, to yeah, think yeah. of it as independent publishing. Um, so I did that with my fourth book and it outsold the first three every single month. Um, and so I was like, okay, I, I have something here. And so that was kind of what led me to it. And then now I own the rights to those first three. Um, and then in 2021, I published two more um, with a traditional publisher, um, Bookator. Um, and I did those two just as kind of like the first publisher was really small. So let's try it with a bigger publisher. Um, and again, they were great people. It just, I love being an independent author. I love 
having the control. I love, um, you know, knowing that my stories are coming directly from like my heart to my readers. Um, and I don't have to, you know, my editor will give me suggestions, but I don't have to make those decisions where with traditional publishing you do sometimes. Um, and so, yeah, I don't have plans to go traditional anytime Good soon. I love you. it. Yeah. It's so funny how you were just talking about like the changes that they ask you to make and stuff, because a lot of my friends obviously read thrillers. We love thrillers and we have recently noticed a pattern over the last few years. A lot of us do read traditionally published stuff, you know, the big five and all of that. We're all subscribed to book of the month and we get all the thrillers, you know, of we course. do. Um, but we have noticed that we're just not being wowed by those books as much as we were 10 years ago, five years ago, you know, it's kind of like, well, number one, we read a lot of the genre. So of course there's tropes that we're going to see coming and there's going to be twists that we see coming. And we're like, uh, we've read this all before. We're not surprised. We feel like sleuths over here because we're able to figure <laughs> everything out. And we're like, you know what? It's because it's all these people going to their publicist and they're getting all of these changes and they're watering it down. And who knows if that's what they even intended in the first place. So I'm very glad that you talked about that. Um, and it sounds like you have a good support system, like indie friends yeah. and indie authors and like your little team. So that's I so do. exciting. Yeah, it's been really great. I've built up, I've been with my editor since my fifth book and I'm on my 37th, I think. I mean, okay, um. how though? How though? Because, okay, I'm... On your website, I love that you have that printable list that yes. has like all of your books, like if they're standalones, like you kind of do it in publication order and then you have like which books belong to which series and all of that. That's like super helpful as a reader because like I shop used, I shop new, you know, I need to take off the ones that I have exactly. and I love that list, but I'm like, dude, how does she have, like, are you constantly writing or what's the deal? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so it is my day job. It's my full-time job. I write um, Monday through Friday. Well, for the first, until this year, I wrote seven days a week. Um, oh, wow. I was constantly doing it. Um, this year, my, my New Year's resolution is to take the weekends off for the first time in six years. It's um, very hard because you like to be in control hard. and I'm the same way. We're just oh, worker bees. It's hard. I actually, I wrote all last weekend because I was on a deadline. I was like, already out of the gates, <laughs> not doing well, but I'm trying. But yeah, I write, I treat it like a day job and write um, you know, eight hours a day, five days a week at a minimum. Um, and then I also, you know, spend time, of course, doing my newsletter and my ads. And as a, as an indie author, you're doing all of it. So it's not just yeah. the writing and you're handing it off and other people yes. take care of it. You're doing everything. So yes. I, you know, all my social media is me, my newsletters, my graphics, it, you know, the cover design, the formatting, it's all down to me. So yeah, that's um, how I am with my podcast. I'm like, guys, I don't I don't have a team by me. I'm like, it is literally me. <laughs> I yes. do everything you see. So I, I get that. It. Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard to take it. time for yourself. Yeah, it is. It's definitely hard. Um, and I have a family. I have a husband and a little girl. And so Aww. trying to find time for, for family time and just time for like myself. And, you know, as much as I write, I have to constantly be feeling like my creative well and reading and watching TV. And so just trying to fit it all in. It's, it's a wonder I managed to. <laughs> it is a wonder. I just, I can't believe. So I want another thing mentioning your website that I love on your website is you have your songs and scents. Yeah. I think that's just like so fun. It's like such a personal thing, you know, I'm sure yeah. like other writers have their little like quirks or whatever, but I love that about your website. Um, Thank so I want to know like if you're currently working on anything you can kind of, you know, allude to maybe, and, um, does it have a song and a scent? 
Yeah, so I just finished um, a book that is going to be called um, Don't Go Down There. Um, It will release in February. Oh, my gosh. Next month? February? Next next month, February. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) my I just finished it. (laughs) I'm on a very fast schedule. (laughs) I just finished it um, early this month, so it's with my editor now. Um, and it will be back, I think, tomorrow from her, and then I'll do another round. Um, but it will release the last day of February. Um, and the song, oh my goodness, I thought I had it. It's called The Good Parts. I think it's by J.P. Sachs, but let me just look it up and make sure. Um, J.P. Sachs is the name of it. And then my scent is Crackling Cedarwood. Ooh, she has it right there, guys. She just pulled I, the candle, like, right <laughs> off of her desk. She's like, like, and here it is. <laughs> You're getting a sneak peek because I haven't told anybody that. So. Oh my gosh, yeah. that is so exciting, you guys. What's the title again? Don't go down there. Don't go down there. Oh my goodness. Okay, I immediately have to read this. And it's a standalone? It's a standalone, yep. About Happy birthday a... to me, y'all. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. It's a domestic thriller about um, a husband and wife with a secret in their basement. Ooh. There's the teaser. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, um, okay, so I'm so oh my goodness. I'm so excited. Um I we already asked. You're constantly writing, and I've seen that in other interviews that you've done. And yeah, I'm hoping you're taking some breaks for yourself this year. Um, let's talk about some of your books now because a lot of my friends like the dark stuff, but then there's that handful of people who are like, mm, I can't go dark. So which of your books would you consider to be like the darkest? Which would you consider to be like maybe the lightest as far as like content? Um, yeah. And then what is the most fast paced? Because I love, I feel like the books that I've read from you, all of them are fast paced, but I want to know which one you think is fast paced. Yeah, I think my goal is for it to always be fast paced. Um, I really think that most of mine are. My books tend to be shorter. They're under 300 pages on average. Um, So I really get straight to the heart of the story. Um, So I think they're all pretty fast paced. I would say um, The Liar's Wife, which was the first one you read, um, is one that, you know, it starts off with a bang and it just keeps going. Um, So I'd almost say that one might be the most fast paced. Um, The Darkest. The arrangement is the darkest in terms of subject matter, um, or that series in general. Um, but the scariest in terms of being dark would probably be Just Married. Um, and then one with the most like gore um, is A Quiet Retreat. So depending on where you fall and what you consider dark, I would say one of those three. Lightest, I would say um, The Reunion isn't too dark. Um, and then if you're reading this is one that's pretty light. So I would say, and then I also have um, five, I believe maybe six romantic suspense that are relatively light. Um, So they still have all the mystery and twists and turns, um, but they're more romance um, heavy and they, you know, they're about a love story and all of that. So I have the messes series and then the better choice um, and a a novella that's called the long route. So Oh, okay. I definitely need to read more. I haven't read enough, but I felt like I read all the ones that I own. So I was like, okay, I feel a little bit perfect. You know, I try not to think about it like that. Um, It's really hard for me, I will say, like to go back and read my books. Um, Not necessarily that I would change plot, but if I read my books, I very often am like, why did you use that word? You should have used this word. (laughs) You should have, you know, rearranged the sentence. So I struggle with that, um, like aspect of it. Um, but as far as actual plot, usually once it's out there, I'm very happy with, with the story and how it went. And that's, 
it's just kind of like that's how the story goes. So I wouldn't go back and change any of that because that's how it happened, right? So I just want to look at it, yeah, like that. Learn and and grow. Yes, yeah. (laughs) Every book is different. Um, I will say a fun story. Um, My second book called The List, um, I put it out with a publisher, um, and then they asked me to write like a bonus scene. And when I wrote the bonus scene, I was like, oh, that should have been included in, like, it needed it. So then when I got the rights back, I added it, and now it's at the end of that book. Okay, nice. That's super fun. Have you heard of Aardvark Book Club? No? Well, let me be the one to introduce you. Aardvark Book Club is a brand new affordable book box subscription with free shipping to the U.S. and Canada. It's $17.99 a month in the U.S. and $25.99 in Canada, which allows you to choose one book from their curated selection of four to five books each month. You'll know exactly what you'll be getting because you get to choose. No more mystery books showing up at your door. They offer a wide range of genres from contemporary, romance, thriller, literary fiction, mystery, historical fiction, and more. It's a great way to get out of your comfort zone and hit all of your reading goals. Their app is available for iOS and Android. It's a community purpose app, which allows their members to connect and chat about the books they picked with other members. Let's look at their January selections. First up, they have How to Turn into a Bird by Maria Jose Ferrada. This is a translated literary fiction story that takes a piercing look at how the human spirit can be nurtured, even set free by curiosity and compassionate attention or squashed by fear and judgment. Next up, they have The New Life by Tom Crew. This is a brilliant and captivating debut about two marriages, two forbidden love affairs, and the passionate search for social and sexual freedom in the late 19th century London. The Key to My Heart by Leah Lewis. It's a heartwarming novel about hope, after loss as a young widow receives mysterious messages of love in the form of sheet music of her former husband's favorite songs at a London train station's public piano. Desert Creatures by Kay Cronister With ferocious imagination and poetic precision, Desert Creatures is a story of endurance at the expense of redemption. What compromise does survival require of a woman, and can she ever unlearn the instincts that have kept her alive? And finally, they have All the Dark Places by Terry Parlato, a stylish debut thriller about a savage murder that rocks a quiet Massachusetts suburb, revealing the dark secrets at the center of a group of friends and setting two women, one with a traumatic past, the other a Boston police detective, on the hunt for the truth. 
Discover the best new releases from the comfort of your couch by checking the show notes for a link to Aardvark Book Club. You can also find them on Instagram and TikTok at Aardvark Book Club. That's at A-A-R-D-V-A-R-K B-O-O-K-C-L-U-B. Keep an eye on their Instagram for hints for their February selections. I wanted to quickly go over the ones that I have managed to read, yeah. talking about The Liar's Wife. Um, and then you could just tell me of the ones that I've read, if there's any like fun, unique stories or like, you know, I don't know, yeah. moments about these books. Sure. Um, so the first one, The Liar's Wife, that's the one that I kind of ditched you on, but I'm <laughs> hoping I'm making up for it now. Yeah. Um, this one, I mean, like I said, they're all fast paced. They're all very short, usually under 300 pages. I, I love a short chapter. Yours have short chapters. And then one of my all time favorite things is like the mini cliffhangers at the end of chapters. They're like, you can't, cause you know, readers stop at the end of a chapter. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. 99.9% of readers have to stop at the end of a chapter not in your book they're like can't stop there oh can't stop here either so by the time you're done you're finished reading the book so anyway okay so the liar's wife learning from her past she hatches a plan to protect herself and their child but when her husband and son disappear one afternoon and don't return palmer must retrace her steps and dig deep to discover the truth before it's too late first one i read i was like Oh, I can't believe it sat on my shelf for too long. But so any thoughts or feelings that come to mind when you think back on that book? Yeah, um, actually, that's probably going to be the best story out of all of them. But um, when I was writing it, our air conditioning actually went out. So my memories of writing this, um, it was dead of summer. It was like July or August, 110 degrees. Oh my and I had a deadline and I had to get it done. And so I remember I had like a bath of or like a little foot bath filled with ice water. And I just sat under my desk <laughs> and that's like how I wrote that entire book. I would oh say at least 90% of it. And like it would, it would melt and my husband would have to come replace it for me. <laughs> and it was just, it was such a risk. And so I remember that book, like anytime I think of it, that's what I remember. It just being so, and I was like, at parts of it, I was like, I don't even know if I'm making sense. You're like, this is a fever dream at this point. <laughs> yes. It was such a mess. And like, we would go sit, we had to sleep in the living room and put just a bunch of fans to like cool off. And so I would be like in the living room, my husband's watching TV, my daughter's making noise. I'm like, I am miserable. I need to write this story, but I had to get it done. So that's, that's my fun story. Oh my goodness. I will never forget that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You won't obviously either. (laughs) No. All right. The next one was the dinner guests. And I love like puzzles and clues and murder mystery dinners and all of that anyway. So I was like, This is one I definitely have to read. So this one is about a group of friends and neighbors that receive an unexpected invitation to a dinner party. They see it as a chance to finally meet the bizarre and reclusive new neighbor whose home is enshrouded in layers of security. As the drinks are poured and dinner is served, the group begins to realize things are not what they seem. And believe me, they are not. (laughs) They are not. That one was so much fun. I am a huge fan of puzzles. Uh, murder mystery anything like I love that kind of stuff I'm the board I'm the person that no one wants to play board games with because I'm like so competitive (laughs) um and so I love the idea for that one I had so much fun with it um the thing I remember most about that one is because most of the book happens this is a semi-spoiler but most of the book happens in the dark um Mm -hmm. you know pretty quickly once they arrive all the, the lights are out and so I remember there, it was such a challenge to write it because they, the characters couldn't see anything. So everything that they experienced had to be like, someone's touching me. I can't see who it is. Or 
I hear this and I think it's this person. And so, so much of it was like me struggling with how do I tell this without like the, the visual aspect of it, without the characters being able to see what's in front of them, where they are. Um, and so that was just a really challenge, challenging, but super fun book to write for that reason. I can just imagine you like blindfolding yourself in your living room and you're like, okay, touch me and I'll have to experience this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I need to know what this feels like. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. The next one just married is about a newly married couple who take to a belated honeymoon trip in the secluded cabin in the woods. And I'm just going to say crazy stuff goes down. <laughs> um, it's heart pounding, unbelievably twisty. Um, I definitely felt like horror elements woven in as well. Yeah. So yeah, that was, sure. that was a so, recent read of mine. Yeah. So that was my first book with Book of Tour um, that went with them. So that was really fun. Um, what I remember about that is the idea came from, um, I went, so I turn a lot of my vacations into books. My husband loves it. <laughs> He's like, could you just not turn our, you know, fun vacations into horror stories? Um, but we went to a cabin in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Um, we live in Nashville, so it's not too far from us. We go there quite often. And um, we were spending a week with my family out there. And we rented this cabin and the whole front of it was glass. So you were just looking out into the woods. And there were no curtains. Like, it was just this big open glass window. My entire family was like, this is beautiful. It's so peaceful. You can see out in the woods. I'm like, someone is out there going to murder us. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> if we can see out, they can, they can see, see in. in. <laughs> and so I spent the whole time paranoid because I was like, I mean, they're just looking at us all day long. Like, someone is just definitely <laughs> out there. And so I, like, left that entire book plotted because – Thankfully, nothing happened, but I was like, something is definitely going to happen. This is not safe. I uh, love so that. that. Yeah, that's where the story idea came from. Okay, so of the ones I've read, the next one, The Reunion, that you said is kind of like light, is probably my favorite. It was also a recent read as well, but I literally, okay, so this is the book that I read towards the end of last year, and I was like, this is going to be the last book that I read two or three days left in the year, and I was like, I'm just going to spread this out over these last three days and enjoy it, because I was like, I'm on Goodreads, and I was trying to hit like a certain number, and I was like, if I hit this, I'll be at 215 books read this year, so this could be my last book. I'll end on a, even though it's not even, it's an even number in my head, you know, sure. so I'll end on this even number, and everything will be great. Then what happened? Those mini cliffhangers got me. <laughs> so in the reunion, a mysterious package, strange calls, frightening text messages seem to be just the beginning of a nightmare that is about to unfold. Someone is determined to bring the truth to light. If they succeed, the life that Kat has built based on secrets could come crashing down around her. I short chapters very quick I mean I just I was so frustrated at you I was like why did she make me read this whole thing because then I felt like well I blew through that in a couple hours so now what am I going to do not read the rest of the year or cram in five more books to make 2020 so that's what I did 220 books so that's what I ended up doing thanks a lot it was a little stressful <laughs> but that book I don't know like it was just so good. It was just those cliffhangers. Thank you. Yeah. 
the um the reunion and the missing are my two favorites of all my books that i've written so far um adding in the family secret which is getting ready to release i just finished it um it releases at the end of this month so those are my top three. Oh my goodness um, yeah so but the the reunion is so special to me i say it's the lightest because it has a lot of love story built into what is a thriller um, and so for that reason, it's a little bit slower because we yeah. really get to dive back into the character backstory. Um, but I had so much fun writing that. I loved like getting to explore her past and how she grew up and this, you know, love triangle that she has going on. Um, and it was just a lot of fun. And then you have this very real, you know, scary story happening in the present. Um, I love writing about writers. I do that in, in a, quite a few of my stories. I think it's just fun and fascinating. Um, but the, the fun story that I'll do for this one is the, what happens, and I won't say this, um, because it's a spoiler, but what happens in the hotel with the girl, um, who is following Kate around and trying to, um, you know, befriend her, um, that actually happened. Um, I was reading about it in a Facebook group. Um, someone had a person come up to them and do all of the stuff that she was doing oh my in the goodness. book. And I was like, oh, that would make a good story. You're like, I'm and using so, that. So it wasn't exactly what happened. Right. But it was enough to like inspire me to to want to write that. And so I know I'm being very vague for the listeners who haven't right. read this. And I'm so sorry. But um, but some creepy stuff happens between the main character and another hotel guest. Um, and, and it was inspired by real life. And then I think one of people's all-time favorites of at least my friend group, they love the arrangement. And I read that one um, a while back. And this one is like about this woman named Ansley Greenberg, and she's a fixer. Um, it's what she prides herself on. So when she realizes that her marriage is at its breaking point, she makes a decision to repair it no matter the cost. Not a traditional way to fix a marriage. No. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. The arrangement has been my runaway success story. Um, that book and those characters um, have changed my life. And when I started writing it, it was meant to be a standalone. And it just took on a life of its own. And readers wanted more. And so that is, has been my only standalone book that I've then turned into a trilogy. Um, I have one other series that was from very early on. Um, and so it's been it's been a wild ride <laughs> um, with these characters. And I just... I really didn't think it would be all that successful, to be honest, when I wrote it. It was very much like a story I was interested in. Um, it was actually one that I had pitched to a publisher, and they told me it was unsellable um, oh. <laughs> and that it was too risky. And again, like kind of what you had said earlier, it didn't fit into the box um, that they want their authors and their stories to fit into. It, it, you know, it didn't have all the things that they wanted, and it was just very different and unique. Um, and I think readers proved that wrong, um, but it was, yeah. it's been an interesting uh, story. And I just, when I wrote it, I had read um, The Swap by Robin Harding, okay. which is a story about um, kind of an open marriage situation. And I thought that that was a really interesting. I'd never really seen that done in thrillers. Um, you see that in like, you know, comedies and sitcoms or whatever, but I'd never really seen it in a thriller. Um, and hers, um, that situation is just one night with a group of friends. Um, and so I really thought, what if I could take that and turn it into this, you know, really dark story about like what could happen if you, because a lot of my stories I feel like are what if, and then when you take it, it's, you know, one wrong turn leads you down this dark path. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And so yeah. I just started plotting, um, you know, what I could do with that. And so, yeah, I don't think I have a really fun story for that, but I will just say that story 
has has been amazing and and it's given me the career that I have. I mean, that's amazing to hear. I was curious, like if you've ever had a standalone, like maybe that one that you were like, I don't plan to write more for, but you're like, oh, the readers really love this one for some reason. Why not capitalize on that? Let me write some more. Yeah. Um, so that's one. And are there any that you're thinking in the back of your head, like, oh, maybe I could do more for that? Or are you more like a standalone? You know, you like to kind of be one and done and go yeah. into a new world with new characters. Yeah, I really don't enjoy writing series, to be honest. I I liked writing it, and I'm glad that I did because there was so much more to flesh out with Ainsley and Peter. Um, And so I'm really glad that I did. It made readers happy, um, and that's, you know, all I want to do at the end of the day. Um, But for me, I want readers to go into my stories and not know who they can trust. And I find that that's very hard when you've already read these characters. You already know if they're good or bad. Um, And then you're kind of expanding on their world and just going off of that. So... For me, I want my readers to just go in and not know what the heck's going on, who they can trust, you know, where we're going to go with this. So I prefer writing standalones, not to say that I'll never write, you know, another series, but it's certainly not in my plans right now. I love being able to, especially as much as I write, I want to keep it fresh for myself too. Like I want to be able to jump into new worlds and new characters. That's what's fun for me. Um, So I want to just constantly, you know, by the time I'm in the middle of one book, I'm ready to write the next one. I'm excited about the next idea. So, um, which goes into my (laughs) Enneagram type, which I know we're going to talk about later. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so interested about that. Um, So I would assume that characters from like your trilogies or your series and stuff like that would be your favorite because you've spent like a longer time with them. Um, But do you have a favorite character from one of your standalones? Yeah. So I have two. I can't pick the Okay, two. okay. I'm not gonna um, make you choose. <laughs> and they're minor they're they're side characters, which is so funny. Um, but my favorites are Natasha from The Perfect Getaway and Harry from The Missing. I need to read this missing. You have mentioned it so many times. I if you love the reunion, you'll love the missing, I think. It's okay. very different, but same feels. Um, but yeah, Harry is the the missing is the this group of people that are stranded on an island. Um, they're kind of abandoned. They're strangers. Um, and Harry is kind of like the guiding light. He is very smart and he knows all the answers to things. And he is just very bookish and, and really kind of guides them along the way. And he's just a great character. I loved him. And then Natasha in The Perfect Getaway is, um, it's a, also about an island, funny enough. Um, this group of people goes to a resort and Natasha is just this really funny character. She brings a lot of light and um, like jokes and just sarcasm in the best moments in the book. So I really loved writing both of them. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to read like both of those books now and be like, oh, this was our favorite. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so before we get into like our fun, so we've talked about all the authory writery stuff, <laughs> like yeah. in the books, which I was very excited to talk about. But I have like a fun like Q&A portion that we're going to jump into now. But is there anything else you want to promote or talk about before we move on? No, I well, I would like to say I have my new book. Um, I'm not sure when this will air, but I have my new book. Um, called The Family Secret that comes out um, January 31st. Oh my goodness. Tomorrow. (laughs) So this goes up on the 30th. This episode is airing on the 30th. And then on Tuesday, Family Secrets? The Family Secret. The Family Secret actually will come out the day after this airs. That is so awesome. And then what was the other one again that's coming out at the end of February? Is it February 28th? Yep. Okay, February 28th. And that one's called Don't Go Down There. Don't Go Down There. Oh, my goodness. So what's the family secret about? Can you can you? Yeah. Little... Okay. So, so it's it's up for pre-order now. Um, but it is about a, a couple 
the the fiance, but they're both fiancés, so the male fiance, um, Lowell, the male main character, um, his he comes from a lot of money. His family is very wealthy, and his parents die suddenly, and they have to travel back home. Austin and Lowell are the couple, and they go home, and um, they find out that he is like the heir to this estate. He gets the family business. Um, he has some siblings, and there's some sibling rivalry, um, and it is very much about um, the. Austin, the main character, um, trying to find out uh, the truth about this family that she's marrying into. She thinks there are some secrets. Um, there's some whispered conversations that she overhears. She's finding clues about things that happened in the past throughout this house. Um, and she has to find out the truth about, you know, her husband, her soon-to-be husband and her, um, you know, the family that she's marrying into before it's too late. Oh my goodness, both of these I'm so excited for. I want both of them right away. (laughs) So how do you, I don't understand, like, so you must constantly, because I'm like, okay, so you have one at the end of January, you have one at the end of February, and then you're just already writing something else as well? Yeah, Yeah, so I just finished this one um, on the 17th, Don't Go Down There, I finished it. Um, And so I haven't started anyone yet, I took the rest of- Because you're getting your edits. Yes. So I took the rest of last week off just basically as some time off because I just finished a book. Nice. Um, and then this week where I'm doing edits, I'm catching up on all the stuff that I had to kind of put off while I was writing. Um, and then what I do is I write two two weeks out of the month um, is like my goal to be writing. Um, so I will start writing the new book on um, February 1st. Okay. And then it will have to be done by February 17th. So sometimes I'll what? start a few days earlier. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I'll start a few days earlier, but typically it takes me, so I write 5,000 words a day. Um, and my average book is about 60,000 words. So I can write a first draft in 12 days. Um, and then I can take a few extra days to clean it up before it goes to my editor. Um, and all in all, it gets um, between like my edits and my editor, it gets nine rounds of edits total. Um, but, (laughs) um, we, uh, so like I said, I've been with my editor since book five and then I've been with my proofreader since book 12. Um, and so we are a well-oiled machine at this point. Like we know it's coming to you, it's coming back. And so I schedule with both of them for an entire year, um, like the October before. Oh my Um, goodness. And so I have a book going to them on the 17th of every month all year long. And then coming mind, back. To hold me. on, my mind is blown. Like if you guys should see my jaw, it's literally <laughs> on the floor. So basically, you're doing what I'm doing, but you're writing books, and I'm doing podcast episodes. Like I do one, you know, biweekly, and I'm constantly yeah. recording with people. You're doing that with books, like, basically. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, and I mean the thing is, you know, when I was doing traditional, I was writing just as fast as I am now, but because pub- traditional publishers they're dealing with so many other authors and you're dealing with so many timelines it's very slowed down so it's still a six-month period but we did the same amount of work it's just I have it fine-tuned you know so it's not to say that they're lesser quality because they're f- done fast it's just I have a group of people that are specifically working on my books all the time so wow. we can just turn them out because I have no shortage of ideas I'm constantly writing so it's like as long as I have a schedule and I know when I have to get them to them and they know when they're expected to work on them, we can make it happen. And so that is, <laughs> yeah. so do you just keep like a notes on your phone or something of all these ideas that like pop in your head or something like that? Like you're literally. out about at the grocery store and you're like, I've got an idea. <laughs> your listeners can't see this, but um, I literally do. 
Oh my goodness, she literally does, guys. Um, yeah, I do. I come up with ideas. If I hear something, see something, and if I watch a show or read a book that inspires me, my husband will randomly call me and be like, I have an idea for a book. Oh, that's and awesome. I, yeah, so I, I He's in on it, it too. He's in on it too. <laughs> yeah, so I keep that list going, and it's thankfully, you know, never let me down. When it's time to start a new one, I just go to that list and, and pull and out And so your idea. daughter's going to be in on the action. Mom, I have an idea for the book. Exactly. Yes. So she's only six. She'll be six this week, actually. Um, and happy so birthday to her. Yeah. So she's um, she's still not quite there, but she is very into like the writing, and she always wants to know what I'm doing. She wants to write her own book. She's excited. She'll bring That's me like so papers fun. where she's you know learning to write, and she'll write a story about a cat or something. And yeah. So yeah, she's she's very much going to be a part of this as soon as she can. Oh, I love that. <laughs> okay, so. I thought it would be fun to do some fun questions because I know you get like the author questions all the time. So a couple months ago, my patrons, the Night Owls, had a chance to ask me anything that they wanted. It was a way for them to get to know me better. Um, And then I told them, like, as you ask me questions, like answer other people's questions so we can all get to know each other better. So that was like a really fun thing we did back in November. Um, And like I said, it was a great way for us to get to know each other better. And then they got to know me better since they're supporting me. Um, and I thought, let's talk about those questions because they came up with some really, really good ones. But before their questions, I was like, I have a few of my own. I'm always <laughs> curious about like people sign their Myers-Briggs and all of that. So what's your sign? What's your Myers-Briggs? What's your Enneagram? Love language? Favorite snack? All of those things. I want to know all of it. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So it will come as no surprise to anyone. I'm a Capricorn. Um, through and through. So if anyone follows the signs that matches up with my personality of constantly doing things um, and being very rigid with my schedule, um, my Myers-Briggs is the console, which is ESFJ. Okay. And my Enneagram, which is spot on, is a type seven, the enthusiast, um, which is like constantly wanting to do all the things and not wanting to say no to anything. Totally me. Um, favorite, oh, love language is touch. I'm like, I want to be cuddled up on the couch watching a movie. Aww, um, my that. husband is not. A oh, he is person. not touch. He's not feeling it. We have to have this talk a lot. I'm like, if you could just put your hand on my knee while we're in the car. That would be nice. <laughs> He's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's my love language. And then favorite snack is chocolate covered pretzels. Oh, I love pretzels and I love chocolate. So it's like a perfect combination. You know, the salty sweet. You got to love that. That's my type seven (laughs) coming up. Do you snack while you work or is it like? No. No. So I do not. (laughs) I am like, I'm very, um, this is my Capricorn side. Yeah. Um, my, My desk has to be very neat. I don't like um mess or anything on my desk. So crumbs are a big no, no in my office. Um, I usually have a drink and that's it. Um, because I don't like crumbs. I don't like like greasy fingers on my keyboard. It would just drive me crazy. So I much prefer to snack when I'm not working. Um, but I do always have a drink just because I'm in here eight hours a day. So sometimes yeah, I you gotta drink, gotta stay hydrated. <laughs> yes. Um, do you use any of these characteristics or personality traits in your characters when you're writing? Yeah, I think a lot of my characters take after my like Capricorn, very rigid, um, almost cold, but I wouldn't say that I'm cold, but they take out, they exaggerate that, that personality of like being able to shut everything else down and focus on the task at hand. 
um, particularly Ainsley Greenberg. Um, she's very, which is the arrangements main character. Um, she's cold to a fault. <laughs> um, but I, I have the personality of being able to kind of shut everything down. And if I have to stay up until 3 a.m. to get this done, it's what I'm going to do uh, because it's what I, you know, what I need to do to, to make this happen and this happen. And so a lot of my characters have that. They have the drive and the, you know, single-minded focus. Um, so they, they definitely do that. Um, I don't know if I've really done like the Enneagram. I, and that's not on purpose. It's not like I want to write that. It's just, I think parts of myself come through um, in yeah. my characters. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Yeah, I'm really into that. It's always interesting to know that about an author. So then when you do read their books, you're like, Oh, I can see her writing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so now from that Get to Know Me post on my Patreon, um, I'm just going to ask their questions. But I'm going to start with my friend Jessie's question. Okay, she's yeah. a big fan of yours, by the way. She's my okay. best friend. But it's not really a question. Her question was, should people buy Velcro knowing it's a ripoff? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I like her. I know. It's like, what's not to love? That's so classic, Jesse. So I was like, I just have to tell you that one, even though it's not really a question. All right. Um, so what's your favorite day of the week? Okay. People are going to hate me, uh, but it's Monday. Is and it? I, it is. And it's because I spend, okay, this is my, like, I guess Capricorn side too. I want to be working. I'm like an achiever. I, you know, I came from very humble means. Like my family didn't have any kind of money. Um, I retired my husband in January or in June of 2020. So my family relies solely on, you know, my writing. Um, I am working my butt off to get to like pay our bills and make sure everything works and give my family a beautiful life. Um, and so I want to be working all the time, not, not just because of that, but because I love what I do and I don't ever want to have to go back to working a day job or doing anything that isn't what I love because it's so special to me. And so it's really hard for me to take time off. That's why it's been six years before I'm finally like, you need a weekend. Um, and so for me, Monday means I get to get back to it. So all weekend long, when I'm like adding up this mental to-do list, Mm -hmm. um, Monday is when I get to tackle all of that. And so, you know, I, I love it. I get so excited. It's my first day back in the office, fresh. Um, and yeah, and like I said, people are going to hate me. So <laughs> They're going to be but... like, what is wrong with her? <laughs> but this episode is coming out on a Monday. So it's like good vibes all around, you, you know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Ooh, um, let's see. I really like chocolate covered cherry. Um, like, I don't know what the actual flavor would be, but there's different ones. But yeah. anything with chocolate and cherries in it, I love. Oh, nice. I don't think I've ever had, I think I've had like Cherry Garcia, but yeah, then Jerry's. Yeah. But I, I, yeah. yeah. But there are other ones as well. Yeah. Um, would you rather go to the movies or watch movies at home? Watch movies at home. I'm a home buddy for sure. <laughs> Do you ever take your daughter to the movies? Is she able to sit through a movie if she was no. able to go? No, she's, she's like, <laughs> no, she is not. I tried. I, I like grew up obsessed with movies and I could just sit. My mom has told me like I would just sit through movies at like two or three years old. Like I love them. Um, my daughter still won't sit through and finish a movie. She wants to go to the theater so bad. And I'm like, girl, you got to make it through a movie before I'm going to take you. <laughs> you got to sit still for theater. 30 minutes first, at exactly. least. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I used to teach that age. Well, around that age, like four and five years old. And, um, 
Yeah, we would take a field trip in the summer and go to the theater. And I was like, please, can I have this day off work? I can't do it. Like, I, <laughs> so I literally can't. <laughs> I cannot. Um, okay, so your first book memory that got you into reading and writing. Uh, my first, I would say either Harry Potter or Nancy Drew. Um, I've read, I've been a reader all my life. Um, but those are my first, like, early memories of Reading, I remember going to, like, my elementary school library and checking them out, um, just flying through all the Nancy Drew books um, and the Harry Potter ones, um, but those were Christmas presents. My grandma would get me a new one every year, um, and so those are my first ones, and then I guess that's really what inspired me to be a writer, too. I just wanted to tell stories. You know, as as a kid, I escaped into stories a lot. Um, you know, that was, that was my first thing that was fun that was how I enjoyed myself and I would you know I knew my library limit was five and so I would check out five <laughs> books and wait until you know I'd fly through them all in a day or two and have to wait until the next time my class went to the library um and I as soon as I knew that that was a job that was what I wanted to do so I would say probably those those were um especially Nancy Drew and like Goosebumps even where it was the mystery and the scary stories I just loved all of that so fun what is the best advice you've ever received? Life advice or writing advice? Oh, okay. Writing advice is um, you don't get time to write. You make time to write. Um, Love that. Which I found so true. Um, I could find a million excuses not to do it. Um, and I have to, like, I have to schedule it into my day. When I worked a day job, I still had to schedule it into my day or it wasn't going to get done. Um, and life advice, I would say um, great things never come from um, comfort zones. I, and I, I love that. And I think I get so stuck in my comfort zone. And I've really found that I have to kind of lean into that and be like, you have to try new things, Kirsten. Um, so yeah, I think that that's important too. And that could also be good writing advice too. So it is. this combination, that's yeah. really awesome. Yeah. Um, when you were little, what did you want to be when you grew up? Always a writer. Always I, a writer. Always. I mean, I remember, I think that's like written in my kindergarten yearbook. Oh my goodness, <laughs> like, so cute. It's all I wanted to do. I would, I, my mom has all these folders of just little like short stories that I would write. Um, and I remember from an early age teachers telling me like, you're good. You, you like, you could actually do something with this. Um, and it was always, I, my parents were like, you need a backup plan. Like, this is not <laughs> a realistic goal, but it's all I wanted to do. And so. I, I fully went into it with no backup plan. And of course I needed a day job to get through it for a while, but. So what did you do for your day job? Yeah, I worked in banking actually. Oh, um, interesting. Which is, yeah, so different Such, from what I do. So different. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I said, we didn't come from, you know, money and we really needed to, to make, to do something that made a decent amount. And um, a friend of mine worked in banking and she actually got my husband and I both a job um, at a bank at two different banks, but same company. And so um, we worked there for a long time until I was able to you know, retire us. And so, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I, I wrote my first book actually at that bank in the drive through uh, oh in between goodness. customers. And I would like sit with my little notebook and write it. And then eventually I got told I couldn't have a notebook at work because I was writing on company time. So then I would just write it in my email and email it to myself every day. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, it's funny because my friend Jessie, the one that had the Velcro question, yeah. she works in banking. Oh, nice. <laughs> so it's possible, Jessie, if you want to write a book, you can do it. You can do it. She was actually telling me she has an idea for a book. Go for it. She this is should. your sign. Yes. <laughs> um, next one is one has to go water, coffee, or wine? Mm, coffee. 
I'm it a, has to go. Yeah, I'm a tea what? drinker. I drink tea more than anything. So okay, okay that's true. Coffee, yeah, <laughs> I'm. I like coffee. I'll take coffee, but it has to be like loaded with sugar and cream anyway. So, but I can. I drink tea just about every day. Hot tea in the morning. So, I would say coffee's coffee can go. I need water and I need wine. <laughs> nice. So, what's your um favorite flavor of tea? Since you're such a tea drinker, besides oh, sweet man. tea. Yeah, I, I like mint. Um, okay. I do, I do like a jade citrus mint just about every morning. Um, that's my favorite from Tiavana. And then, um, Starbucks's mint majesty is, I think exactly the same thing, but that's what I always get there. <laughs> nice. Um, do you have a five-year goal? To do exactly what I'm doing. Honestly, I think I, on it, if I can just keep doing this, keep making enough for my family, you know, to survive and, I, I'm so happy. I mean, this is literally like all I ever wanted. I remember in high school, we wrote a letter to ourselves in 30 years. And I wrote that I would have I would have published two books in 30 years. And I'm only 29. So um, I definitely beat out that goal. Um, and so it's just this is all I've ever wanted to do. And this is this is my 5, 10, 15 year goal. I love that. It's like it's your dream and yeah. you're making it happen and you're doing great. Thank I'm, you. Oh my goodness. Um, what's your favorite animal? Giraffes. I love giraffes. I love giraffes too. Aren't they so fun? Yeah, they really are. I've seen some wild things at the zoo with giraffes though. Oh my gosh. I've gotten to feed them and I think they're so fun. With the, yeah, like, they have those little long tongues. purple tongues. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's so interesting. Um, what's your favorite book? That like someone else has written. Okay, so can I have a nonfiction and fiction book? Yes, of okay, course. So my fa- I'm not. I'm so bad about favorites. I have to have multiple. Okay, so my favorite fiction book is Gone Girl. Oh, um, that's a good one. We love Gone Girl. <laughs> I loved Gone Girl. That book blew me away, and that was before I was published. And I remember reading that and thinking, that's what I want to do. I want to make people feel the way that this book made me feel. Mm-hmm. So good. Um, and then my favorite nonfiction book is Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. Oh, I haven't read that one yet. So good. It, I've, I reread that every year. I discovered it in 2020. And I literally reread it. I've already reread it for this year. Um, and I take something new from it every single time. And it's just about her, like, she used to be really shy and she didn't really want to do even like being in Hollywood and being this big name. She didn't want to take on opportunities. And she gave, took one year where she said yes to everything. And it ended up with her like at all these big events and just changing her entire life by saying yes. And so it's, it's so special. I love it. So have you said yes to more opportunities than you would in the past, like before reading that book? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's another one of those comfort zone things of, you know, when I first started publishing, I had to take more risks, like reaching out, you know, to people like you. And, and um, then I think once I found my footing, I stopped doing a lot of those things. Um, and I stopped, um, you know, at a, like when I first started, when people would reach out about podcasts or um, book club, you know, videos, I was always so nervous. I didn't want to do like live videos with people. I, you know, I'm not a very outgoing person, really. Um, and so it's really, that book helped me to like open up and start taking on things. And that has like blossomed in my career. Like it's amazing. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I've learned things from it. And just as I get, um, you know, as I get more established in my career, I realize that like, it's not so scary to say yes, like these people want to talk to you or want you to be there. So yeah, it's, it's, I just think that book is so special. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. I'm I'm so glad that you read that book and you're here on my podcast because exactly. I'm loving this. Um, if you were an action figure, what would your accessories be? Oh man, it would have to be. I would say a, a mug of tea, <laughs> a book, a notebook. Yeah, and maybe like a ponytail holder for my messy bun, which I actually oh, have when I'm writing. <laughs> I didn't even think of that when they asked me, but yeah, definitely like a scrunchie, a ponytail holder, something. Exactly. Um, what's your dream vacation? Oh, I want to go to Scotland so bad. I'm a huge Outlander fan, mm-hmm. and so I want to go there and just see everything. It seems so beautiful. It does. Every time I see a video about it or in a movie or whatever, I'm like, I want to go there too. Yeah. Um, if you could only own one outfit or article of clothing from a book, which would you choose? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know if I can think of anything specific. I will say I read a lot of books where the reader, the main character has like really fancy heels. And I'm not like a heel. I'm, I don't wear heels very often, especially now. Um, so I think I, I would like to own like a really fancy pair of shoes. I think that Yeah, like fun. really expensive fancy shoes. <laughs> yes, like they'd never leave my house and just sit in the closet to be stared at. we would break our necks. Yes. <laughs> um, what's your favorite thing to buy besides books or book-related things? Clothes. As much as I just said I don't buy shoes, um, I'm obsessed with clothes. I have a closet full. My husband is always like, you need to get rid of clothes. Um, but it's so much fun. And I, I love, like, new outfits and new accessories. And, um, yeah, it's just it's something that, like like I said, as a kid, we didn't have a lot of money. And I didn't always have new clothes or new, mm-hmm. you know, like, back-to-school shopping. And, like, my parents did the best they could, but we just didn't have that every year. Um, or if we did, it was like one or two outfits. And so now like <laughs> I buy way too many clothes because it's <laughs> my favorite thing. And that's like my way to spoil myself when anything good happens. Well, good for you. If you were an animal, what would you be and why? Uh, I would probably be a cat <laughs> because I just <laughs> would like to lay around all day in the sun and relax and sleep and do nothing. <laughs> you would like that, you think, but you'd I, be one of those active cats always playing with the toys. <laughs> I really would. I'd be running around doing all the things. (laughs) Um, When you're having a bad day, what's your comfort show or movie to put on? I love The Office and I love Friends. So I kind of go back and forth between the two, but those are my two that I have seen every episode so many times and I just watch them constantly. What's your biggest fear? Um, Either losing someone that I love or dark water. I'm terrified of water that I can't see the bottom of. Like, dark ocean, dark lake, it just, it freaks me out. You're like, no, thank you. (laughs) Not happening. Um, What are your top three favorite forms of potatoes? Oh, okay. Scalloped potatoes, fried potatoes, and mashed potatoes. I love mashed potatoes. Mm -hmm. One of mine is those hash browns that you get from McDonald's. Those are so good. I mean, I'm like obsessed. Like I can just go to McDonald's just for the hash browns. I know. And every once in a while they'll forget they'll forget it. And then Oh, and that's so annoying. Where's my hash brown? That's what I wanted. Exactly. Um, favorite hobby other than reading and writing. Or do you even have time for that? (laughs) I like so I watch, you know, Netflix or T V a lot, but I would say I like painting. Um, I'm not very good at it. It's not something I do very often, but that's something that calms me. I like to paint or to color even, um, just to like sit down and focus. I'm really like goal oriented and I like to like find something I can do in a few, you know, minutes, half an hour and do it. And so I really like stuff like that where I can just sit down with like one goal to do and, and get it done. 
Nice. What's your favorite movie? Oh my goodness. Um, I love the movie Horrible Bosses. Uh, I haven't Jason seen this. Bateman. Oh, it's hilarious. It's like a comedy um, with Jason Bateman and Jason Sudeikis and Charlie Day. You have to watch it. It's hilarious. Um, I, so I would say that for my um, comedy. And then, oh, for my thriller, I have to, I have to choose two. <laughs> you know that. Um, <laughs> I have to choose two. So I think for my thriller, I would say um, The Others with Nicole Kidman. That is a good one. Super That's creepy. It's like so it's like creepy. a quiet creepy though. You yeah. know, it's not like in your face creepy. It's yes. just like you're scared the whole time and nothing creepy's happening. And you don't <laughs> know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I love the quiet creepy. Yes. Um, what exotic animal would you want as a pet? I don't know if it's exotic, but I would love to have a pet raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen people that actually have those. I think they're so cute. I would never do it. I'm terrified, but they're so <laughs> cute. And you see them like catch the water with their little hands. I'm like, I would love to own you. Oh my goodness. That's a great answer. What's your favorite color? Uh, green. And you're wearing green today. You guys can't see it, but I can. <laughs> um, what's your comfort food? Oh, anything chocolate. Anything sweet. I'm I'm a sweets person. So I would say just like a Hershey's bar or something like that is really great. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What's a talent you wish you had? I would love to be able to sing. I love music. Um, uh, that's like one of my, if I need a minute just to zone out, I will turn on like music and blast it. Um, if I'm really scared and I'm going like driving somewhere, I'll turn on music as loud as it goes. And I love to sing, but I'm not very good. So I'd love. So to you're like singing in the that. shower and you sing in the car. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Same place as I sing. Exactly. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on dog earring book book pages? Okay, the Monday people are going to come out and hate me again. Um, I dog ear pages. I do too. Okay, good. Okay, good. I was like, I was about to say. I'm sorry, but I have dog-eared all <laughs> If you were going to say, oh, my goodness, no, I was going to be like, oops. <laughs> nope. I am I am a fan of well-loved books. I don't care if you write in books. I don't care if you dog-ear. Like, most of the time, that's the easiest way for me. I have, a, Like I said, I have a daughter, and she'll come along and pull my bookmarks out left and right. So dog-eared pages are a simple way for me to have it. Um, if I have, like, a book jacket, sometimes I'll slip that inside. But most of the time, I just dog-ear the page and... I don't see anything wrong with it. Yeah, a lot of times when I dog ear, I do have lots of bookmarks and I do use those. Luckily, I don't have the daughter problem pulling out my bookmarks. But yes. I'm like, oh, I like this quote and I don't have a highlighter on me. So I'm just going to dog ear this page and come back and highlight it later. Yeah. Or, you know, or I'm like, well, where did I highlight in this book? I don't want to flip through it. I want to know exactly where I underlined that quote, wrote in that book. So, yeah, I'm all about it. Yes. <laughs> and people will see me doing it because, like, I'm on YouTube as well. And so they'll see me doing that and they'll be like, oh, and I'm like, it's my book. I bought it. I'm it's all good. It. <laughs> you don't have to see it from your house. I no. promise it's going to be okay. Totally agree. I'm, yep. I'm definitely a fan. <laughs> um. So do you have any questions for me or do you have any book recommendations? Just like in general, like maybe you want to shout out some of your friends or just books you've been reading recently. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to shout out. Um, so the book that I love, my favorite book last year um, was The Family Game by Katherine Stedman. 
Um, so, and it is kind of in line with the, my new book coming out, An Inheritance Story. Um, if you've not read it, I flew through it. I loved it. Highly recommend it. Um, and then also my friend, Emerald O'Brien, um, who is another amazing psychological thriller author. Um, she has a new book coming out called Knock Three Times, um, and it comes out February 23rd. Um, about a girl who's staying overnight in, in um, her parents' house, um, or her friend's parents' house. She's, like, renting it from them, kind of. Um, and she's kind of running from some of the stuff in her past, and she thinks someone's there watching her. And it mm. is phenomenal. So highly recommend it. Check it out in February. Ooh, that, I mean, just the title. I was like, ooh, I'm scared. <laughs> so good. Um, so make sure you check the show notes. Your friends call you K-Mod, right? They do, yeah. I feel like we're friends now. Are we on the friend level? Oh, yes. Yeah. So I get to say it. I'm so excited. Check the show notes for K-Mods website and other socials. And keep your eyes out for those books. The Family Secret coming out tomorrow. And Don't Go Down that comes out on the 28th of February. I am so excited about both of these. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me. This was so much fun. Yeah, thank you again for having me. This was a blast. Talk Bookish to Me is a bi-weekly podcast bringing you book discussions, recommendations, and literary topics galore. Follow me on Instagram at TalkBookishPodcast. Rate and review the podcast on Apple and Spotify. Also, the link for Patreon is in the show notes, along with the links for Kirsten Modulin's website and social media. Until next time, happy reading. Woo! Yeah, we did it! <laughs>